We're coming close to the end of our, our series on Psalm 23. Tomorrow in worship, they'll actually uh, wrap the series up. We have one more week with it. Next Saturday, we'll kind of uh, pull it all together and finish it up for us uh, as we gather in worship next week. Psalm 23 is part of the old, old story that we know. And sometimes with texts as familiar as Psalm 23, um, we become so uh, familiar with them that they... Uh, It's not that they lose meaning for us, but it's that we assume that they've said to us all there is to say. And yet God's word is alive and active and inspired by the Holy Spirit so that as we grow in our walk with Christ, God's word becomes ever more alive to us. And Psalm 23 is is one of those psalms that we tend to associate with, with funerals. We read it a lot at funerals. It provides great comfort for us in times of grief. And yet really Psalm 23 is about how to live the fullest life that we can in complete dependence on God who is our good shepherd. So there's more to Psalm 23 than just what we might experience when we go to it for comfort. It really is about the life that we live as ones who belong to God. Psalm 23 invites us to trust and to surrender, invites us to follow where the shepherd leads, invites us to face fear, invites us to be led and to be loved and to care for by God who loves and cares for us as a good shepherd loves and cares for the sheep. And I wonder, after all of these weeks that we've spent in Psalm 23, if it has spoken to you in a new and different way, in a deeper way. And I also wonder if there's still parts of it with which you struggle to have them be part of your daily life. Where, where does this psalm resonate with you? And are you willing for the Holy Spirit to continue to infuse it with the power to speak into your life wherever you are right now, with whatever you're facing right now. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our rock and our redeemer, and we pray that you would allow this scripture by the power of your spirit to come alive to us and speak to us where we most need to hear it. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're at this last verse of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. We're going to take this apart a little bit and look at this first part. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. One of my friends, her name is, is Tracy, and when her mother died, she got her mom's Bible And she was looking through her mom's Bible one day and and flipping through it, and her mom had written notes all throughout uh, the Bible, and she landed on Psalm 23. And when she looked at it, her mother had circled the words goodness and mercy and then drawn a line out to the margin. And in the margin, she wrote God's sheepdogs. The goodness and mercy are God's sheepdogs. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I love that image of goodness and mercy as God's sheepdogs. 
The sheepdogs who herd the sheep, who guide the sheep, who drive the sheep, only under the command and guidance of the shepherd. Not of their own will, but under the guidance and care of the shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The sheepdogs of of goodness and mercy guide us and lead us. They, They drive us from behind, right? The sheep aren't following goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy are following the sheep guiding the sheep in such a way that that they eventually get to where they're supposed to be, right? Wherever the shepherd is desiring for them to go, whether that is to green pasture or whether that is to shelter or to still waters. And and the sheepdog help keep the sheep from getting so far beyond the boundaries of what the shepherd wants for them. They keep them within the bounds of, of what the shepherd wants. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I wonder when you think about your life and what drives you, what motivates you, what leads you, would you say that goodness and mercy are at the the top of that list of what drives your behavior, of what motivates your thoughts, of, of what is behind the words that you speak? Most of us, much of the time, would say that, in fact, no, we are driven in many ways by fear and by ego and by self-interest. Our behavior and our thoughts and our words are often in an effort to get what we think we need or what we think we want, what we think is best for us. And that's what drives us, a fear of not having enough or of not being in a position that we want to be in or not having the power that we want to have or not having the possessions that we think we deserve. That is often what drives our behavior, our interactions with one another, our our thoughts. But what would it look like? Can you even imagine what it would look like if goodness and mercy were really what motivated you, were what drove you, were what was behind your interactions with other people, what was behind your interactions with your family and your friends and and strangers, what was behind your behavior. What Can you you imagine goodness and mercy being the driver of where you are going? I'll give you a hint as to what that would look like. It would look like, one, a certainty about who God is and a willingness to trust God, a willingness to surrender your will to God's will. It would look like the opportunity to be aware of how the shepherd is working and submit yourself to that. It would look like a confidence in who the shepherd is and what the shepherd is doing. Confidence that as the sheep, you belong to God. And as the sheep, you have a place in God's house. To be driven by goodness and mercy is to know those things and live from that place. 
Surely, that word surely, we don't find that very often. We sang a song with it uh, tonight. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely, it means without doubt, without fail. There's a level of, of certainty, a declaration of certainty that really bookends the first verse of this psalm. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd is a declaration. The Lord, Yahweh, I am who I am, the God of the universe. That is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and that declaration then is followed up with, with this surely, this certainty, this confidence that this Lord who is my shepherd is the one who is taking care of me. Think about what the psalmist has been through between verse 1 and surely goodness and mercy, right? The, the psalmist has been made to lie down in green pastures. The psalmist has been led through the dark valleys, the darkest of places. The, the psalmist has been made to sit at table uh, with enemies, the psalmist has been through all of life's ups and downs in these six short verses. And the psalmist can declare, surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's a, there's a certainty here in who the shepherd is and what the shepherd does that invites a deep and abiding trust in what the shepherd will do. Knowing how the shepherd has acted in the past and is acting today, we can live with confidence that that's always how the shepherd is going to act on our behalf in the future. It's not just uh, a, a certainty about this. It's, it's knowing that uh, goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy, Goodness and mercy, when you unpack those words, that really describes the character of God. We say all the time, God is good. And, and then we say all the time, God is good all the time, right? That that's, that's really who God is. God is good. And so in the midst of all that is not good around us, we can trust that God is good, that God desires good for us, that God provides good for us, that God is at work for good in us and through us. Goodness and mercy. God is merciful. Uh, other words are our loving kindness and, and faithful love can be put in that place of mercy. This is who God is, and it doesn't change. Surely goodness and mercy, who God is, follows us. Goodness and mercy that really express the fullness of God's love for us. To provide for what we need. To meet us where we are. And to be so lovingly kind and faithful to us that even when we are wandering off, goodness and mercy follow us. Goodness and mercy lead us from behind and keep us moving forward on the path that God has set for us. I love uh, uh, that image of that, and, and yet it's easy to say that with confidence. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's easy to say when things are going well. Because clearly, when things are going well, you're confident in what God is doing. It's much harder to say when things aren't going so well. 
when you don't feel the goodness of God, when you're not sure about God's loving kindness, when your world is falling apart, when the world seems to be falling apart, it's harder for us to say this. Our vision and our understanding about God's goodness and mercy are so limited Right? And the image is that goodness and mercy follow us. We're usually looking ahead, wanting to know where we're going and what's going to happen and how things are going to be. And God's goodness and mercy are following behind us and leading us from behind. Which we like, but we'd also really like to, to know what's out ahead of us too. And we don't have any way to control that. What we do know from the psalmists in in this particular psalm and from Scripture as a whole is that sheep in the care of the Good Shepherd can trust that even in the darkest valleys, even when we're at the table with our enemies, goodness and mercy are present. God is present with us. And we remember who our shepherd is. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. God says to, um, to the people of Israel, For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. Pastor David talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about how in Israel the kings were intended to be the shepherds. They are called shepherd kings, and yet the kings were doing a terrible job shepherding the people. And God says, I will be their shepherd. I will seek them out. I will lead them to good pasture. I will bind up their injury. I will strengthen the weak. This is who our shepherd is. So even when the world around us is falling apart, even when when we can't quite see or understand what's happening, even when we don't know what's ahead of us, we can trust who is behind us. That this shepherd, who is the Lord, is with us, is always seeking us, always looking for us, always willing to provide what we need, always willing to be merciful. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. I don't know about you, but when we get to this verse, I just want to sigh a big, a, a big sigh of relief, 
right? There's something so comforting about this image of dwelling in the house of the Lord my whole life long. To dwell, to abide, to to rest, to live in, to, to make that my home. I don't have to struggle anymore. I found the place I belong in the house of the Lord. When you read that phrase, the house of the Lord, almost immediately images come to mind, I'm sure, of what that looks like for you. Many of us imagine actual, maybe an actual house, a place where you have found comfort and security, where you have found where you belong, where you call home. Maybe it's a a specific house. Maybe for you, the house of the Lord uh, represents a a church or a structure uh, where you find sanctuary. Maybe not a worship space, but maybe a meeting space where you gather with other people and, and find God's presence. And those are true, and and those are good images, and and I want to suggest two other possibilities for us. This this psalm is written from the perspective of a shepherd and a sheep. And, And so if we're the sheep, thinking about dwelling in the house of the Lord, what would sheep consider to be a house, right? Perhaps... For the sheep with a shepherd, the house of the Lord is simply the flock of the good shepherd. Maybe it is the family of God that, that, that I will dwell in, in the family of God my whole life long. Maybe it is I will dwell as one in the body of Christ my whole life long. Not so much a particular structure but in community with the other sheep. Usually you will have a flock of sheep, not just one sheep. What if it is that I will dwell in the house of the Lord in that way my whole life long? And, and what if it also is uh, that the Lord is the house? Uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord, the very presence of the Lord. You remember in in John 15, Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. What if, what if the house of the Lord at its core is the presence of the Lord? Not just a structure that belongs to the Lord, but, but a relationship, a space with the Lord in, in which we find home in which we find that place of belonging, and it, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves geographically or physically, that, that we find our home in the presence of the Lord. I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. What freedom! What joy, what relief if we can let this drive us. If we can let this motivate us. If we can let this lead us. And that gets back to that question. If you look at your life, at your typical day, at your behavior, at your words, at your thoughts, at how you interact with one another, what drives you? 
Is it God's goodness and mercy and, and presence that, that drives you? Or are you like most of us in that sometimes you're driven by fear? You're driven by a sense of scarcity and, and therefore moved to a, a place of competition? That you're moved by, uh, by needing uh, power and control or needing possessions or needing to be in a place of, of privilege? Is, is that what drives you? Are you, are you moved and motivated and driven by self-preservation? That, that you're worried that if you don't look out for yourself, no one else will. Or that if you don't achieve a, a certain status, that you'll be left behind. Is that what drives you? Now, I would say most of us live in the spectrum of that, right? We would like to say that sometimes we really are driven by God's goodness and mercy. We really do believe that we are led by the Holy Spirit. But if we're honest, most of us could also say we have at least moments or hours or days or longer periods where where that underlying sense of motivation and drive is actually not love, but fear. And the psalm reminds us that we don't have to live that way. And in fact, if that's what drives us, desire for power or, or position or privilege or, or that sense of being right rather than doing the right thing, if that's what drives us, then we will always be worried and unsatisfied and restless and suspicious. Not only of the goodness and mercy of God, but also of other people. We're invited to be driven by goodness and mercy. We're invited to be driven by God's love for us. Imagine what your life would look like if that was true more of the time. Think about a a struggle that you have had, maybe currently or maybe in the past. Think about what it would look like If you allowed goodness and mercy to follow you, to to drive you like those sheepdogs, to lead you where God wants you to go, what might change if you were confident that the good shepherd is leading you by following you with goodness and mercy? What might change for you in that struggle? Uh, Maybe the struggle doesn't change at all, but you will because you won't be driven by the same fear and anxiety you'll be driven by confidence in God's mercy and goodness it doesn't mean that you will get it all right but you begin to understand that getting it all right isn't the goal being in right relationship with the shepherd is I'd remind you what Paul writes to the Romans. Mary, can you put it on the Romans passage? The iPad is out. Romans 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, right? Led by the Spirit, not led by fear. Led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it's that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are beloved children of God, led by God's Spirit. We are the sheep. God is the good shepherd. 
The shepherd's job is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There is never, ever a moment that God as the good shepherd is unaware of where you are and what you need. There is never, ever a moment when God in God's mercy and goodness doesn't desire for you to trust God's mercy and goodness. And yet God will never force us to choose that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Even when we can't see what's in front of us, we can trust who is behind us. I wonder today if you're able uh, to say with me, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I get that scripture back up, that whole verse? Are you able to say it with me? If you are, say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. May it be so. That as a people of God, as the sheep of the good shepherd, we may be driven by goodness and mercy, by God's complete love and care for us, as the shepherd cares for the sheep. Let all the people say amen.